This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Previously on Lost. This is episode number 30. If you're a first-time visitor with us, welcome. If you've been back before, I'm sorry, ahead of time. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Abandoned. Abandoned. And uh, this is a uh, pretty big episode in the world of Lost, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. I am Mike, and I have uh, Corey. How's it going, bud? That's going really well. I'm, uh, you know, I'm feeling good. I, I don't feel abandoned right now. I feel I feel happy to be talking about Lost, and uh, this is gonna be interesting. That's right. He doesn't feel abandoned, but he could have a hole in the stomach. Oh, too oh, soon. Too yeah. soon. Too <laughs> soon. Oh, uh, Stephen, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going great. Going great. How about you? Oh, it's going pretty good. I can't complain. And if I did, I'm six feet above the ground, so I'm still doing all right. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, well, listen, we don't have really have many show or network announcements. We're just going to keep on going. And um, and here we go. So, Abandoned. You know what's really funny? Okay, so I have to say this before we started. So, I go to watch the episode today. And I'm watching the episode. And I'm like – and then I open up the show notes. And I'm looking at Steven's notes he's already put up there. I'm like, wait a minute. That scene wasn't in this episode. Wait, that wasn't in this episode. And I started to think, I'm like, wait a minute. So I am five minutes into the other 48 days. <laughs> and I finally realized, wait a minute, I'm not on this episode yet. I forgot to ban it. That's a great episode. <laughs> They're both good episodes. So I'm like, wait a minute, something's not right. <laughs> oh. But uh, this is abandoned that we're going to talk about. So they have been on the island for 47 to 48 days. And uh, previously on Lost, Boone has searched the beachcraft while Locke waits down below. Boone throws down a Virgin Mary statue full of bags of heroin. Soon after, the plane comes crashing down with Boone still inside. The survivors hold a funeral for Boone. Shannon is devastated. Ana Lucia tells Sawyer, Michael, and Jen that they are setting out for the beach camp, so they gather food and water for the hike. Michael goes off on his own into the jungle in search of Walt, while Jen and Echo go after him. During their search, they are nearly spotted by what appears to be the others, a dirty line of barefoot natives, one of whom drags a muddy, stained teddy bear. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's that's quite a lot of information for uh, previously unlost. Uh, but it's uh, it all it all goes into this episode because there's a lot of things that start to come together. You could say. Uh, so this was season two, episode six. It aired on November 9th, two thousand five. It was directed by Adam Davidson and written by Elizabeth Sarnoff. Uh, when Shannon sees Walt in her tent. She becomes convinced that he needs her help. Meanwhile, Sawyer's bullet wound starts to become infected, prompting the tail section group to pick up their pace and risk cutting across the jungle where the others attacked the tailies before. All right. We got some episode facts. Um, Walt is speaking backwards to Shannon in the tent. He says, in it, he says, they're coming and they're close. Um, the car crash that kills Shannon's father is the same crash that nearly crippled Jack's future wife, Sarah. When the doctor is talking to Shannon and her stepmother in the hospital room, you can see a younger-looking Jack walk behind Shannon. It was known from the outset of the season that Shannon would die. The main impetus for her death was that it would throw the, the two sections of the plane together in the most uncomfortable manner. Okay. It's it, pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it was Naveen Andrews' idea for Saeed to have a relationship with Shannon, as he knew that it would have an extreme reaction in middle America. I, I hmm. did not know that. That's kind of, kind of an interesting fact. 
Um, it's also the first time that Evangeline Lilly did not appear in an episode. Wow. Um, and it's the only Shannon-centric episode. We had a Shannon and Boone, but this is the only Shannon-centric episode. Yeah. Wow. Shannon has a great record of episodes. She's like, she she bats 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one for one. This is a good episode. It uh, really one is. One for one. <laughs> so let's talk about this episode then, since we're talking about how good this episode was. Um, where do you guys want to start? Do you want to talk about the flashbacks? Do you want to talk about the relationship of Shannon and her stepmom? Uh, do you want to talk about the tailies? Where do you all want to start at? You know, I want to talk about Saeed and Shannon because I'm still thinking about the the episode fact that it was it was part that was partly uh, Naveen Andrews' idea. Uh, okay. I actually think you know this episode starts off with them kind of going off on their little love love night uh, in the in the hut that Saeed has made. I mean, I I buy it. I feel like it's a pretty genuine relationship. What do you what do you guys think? I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I know that it, this, the Shannon Saeed gets a lot of grief um, and the fact that obviously she was the one in the church at the end instead of Nadia. But I've, I've always kind of felt the same way. I like I feel like they really built a, a good, genuine relationship. It had a it had a good, you know, process going from when they first started working together on the maps to where they are now. Like, I, I feel like it was a slowly building good relationship I, I think the the characters have some chemistry I, I think it's a good good relationship yeah I think when you look at these two characters you have two people that um, are disappointed with where their lives have gone in some ways and, and this, some of it's just out of their control like the stuff that Saeed has been forced to do and, and be involved with and you know seeing friends and people close to him die or, or having bad things happen to them and and Shannon, you know, not really having control and she's in this life where she has to kind of uh, um, abide by whatever her parents or step parents want her to do. And it's just uh, she wants out of it, too. And so you see these like real life love stories where two people who are like so different, it's like they want to leave that all behind and just like, you know, they have this love for each other. And I, I think they actually pull it off pretty well because a lot of times, you know, lost love stories can be. Um, you know, dragged out and not that great, you know, some of them. But but this one seems to really work, in my opinion, even though I think people in retrospect like give this one a bunch of uh, flack for uh, mainly because of the finale. Yeah, uh, you know, I, in regards to the relationship, I could I could see them going the route with Nadia as well if they wanted to go that route. And I think they would have been OK. But I think. I think this route's fine. Uh, you know, I, I do feel like sometimes within Saeed and Shannon relationship, I'll, some of it was very forced, like they forced this relationship um, to put these two together. Um, but yet they never really – okay, this is going to sound bad. They, they put them together, but they never really put them together. So if you look at what happened in this show, you see that, yeah, they started to fall for each other, and then they had a falling out. And then now they're back to falling for another again, and then Shannon gets a bullet in her gut. So it's it's it, it was it was a very up and down relationship. And yeah, it's, it, it's not it's not like you see like Sawyer and Juliet when we get to that relationship. That relationship once it hit, of course they hated each other at the beginning. We get that, but then once it hit, it was you know it was consistent. It wasn't up and down. Yeah, I I think that I think you're right that they it's basically it's very few and far between this relationship. It's it's you know one second it's like really hot and heavy, right? And then they get in a fight or whatever, and they're <laughs> and they completely fall apart. But I think um, you know I think in this episode you could see where it could possibly go somewhere. Um, in a, in a good direction. But I think the main problem is what you're kind of alluding to is that this is what, this is episode seven. Wow. Well, I don't know what it, six. Um, six episode six. We really, we saw a little bit of them together in the pilot. And when they're, when they heard the whispers that go out or or she sees Walt for the first time. And since then, not only have we seen barely any Shannon, 
but we've definitely not seen uh, Shannon and Saeed really share many moments together. And during the end of season one, it was the same thing. They had a little bit of a relationship starting near the back half of the season. Then they got in a fight. Then they got back together. You know, Boone's death kind of took a lot of the thunder away from from everything. And then, uh, you know, they kind of have a good reunion, you know, near the end of the season. And then they're just like, well, we're going to kill Shannon. So we don't need to spend much time with her is basically my take on it. Yeah. All right, but I so think one of the in things, this episode, I think in this episode, they do a good job with it. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of, you know, they kill Shannon. This is one of the things I don't like about this episode, to be honest. I don't like that they killed Shannon. Um, I never felt like Shannon nor Boone really got a good story about them. Like, I feel like they were, they, they, and maybe they had intended for them, or maybe they didn't intend for them to be good. That's why kind of Jack kind of, you know, pushed Boone around in the, in the pilot. And maybe they're like, oh, some people like Boone. So let's make, you know, Boone kind of a, he's not really even like an A level character. He's a B level character in this, in the show. And then Shannon kind of just toted along with Boone. And she, after they killed off Boone, it's almost as if Shannon just kind of just floated around. Like there was really, no storyline really for her at all. So it's it's almost as if like for almost the whole back half of season one and the first episode of season two, she did absolutely nothing except for watch Vincent and get shot in the belly to bring the two groups together. I know that sounds terrible, but I feel like they really misused her. Yeah, I, I think that she doesn't really have much of a redemptive arc. Go ahead, Steven. Yeah, no, I, I was uh, agreeing to, yeah, I think they definitely underutilized Shannon because I did like where they were going with the character. So I do think it's a shame that that they did kind of end her story so quickly because once Boone died, I thought they did a good job of, you know, sending her in a direction to become her own character now that, that Boone is gone. And I think what we got from Shannon was good, but I definitely agree that I, I would have liked to have seen more Shannon. And I think it's a shame that they killed her off maybe this early. Obviously the death was shocking and effective, but at the same time, I, yeah, I definitely wish we would have got more Shannon. Yeah. And most, most characters on the show, even the worst people get some sort of um, redemption and Shannon I mean, you could argue that she got some redemption during season one. Like she wasn't like kind of the snotty, you know, pretty standoffish person at the beginning. But it wasn't that much of a redemptive arc. You know, you didn't really see her kind of fulfill herself or find something else in, on the island besides, you know, a couple nice nights with Saeed. So it would have been nice to see their, them give her some sort of role. And you have this whole hatch thing starting. Like there's so many new um, um you know, tasks and things for people to do. And they cite, you know, Shannon's not involved in anything. It just seems like there could have been a little more. Um, yeah. But I, I think at, at this point in the series, they, there's so many characters, they start to pick like, wh- which are the really important ones? Where do we have a long-term plan for their, their character and which characters do we not have a plan? And, and I think with Shannon, you think there'd be some sort of plan or like, uh, options because you know her brother has already died that you know gives a, a lot of space for growth her and in saeed and then i just feel, felt like she could have been utilized somehow with some of the other characters especially you know kate is given all these things where kate is like the problem solver for everyone you know they could have given her some of those stories perhaps i i feel like what has happened is so i'm going to use nikki and paulo as an example here because you know they're our favorites we can't wait to get to that episode but i almost feel like the boone and shannon is like the long drawn out story of the nikki and paulo episode like they're there (laughs) but they're just they're not really i don't say important but it's like they're not used so it's almost as if it's like the long drawn out Nikki and Paolo episode with the story of Boone and Shannon and I just oh, yeah I think you're selling them I think that's a little insulting to Boone no and not too insulting I mean uh, they I were just, really important in it, season I one it, I use it from the example that they were yeah. just like they both were kind of misused and they weren't 
they could have been more with them, but they didn't. They didn't explore that. Well, I, I kind of agree with that. I think people, you know, if they had just seen season one and you know they were at that point, they definitely would argue that those two characters are pretty important. They would have felt like that. You, you know, Boone died, and Shannon, it was his his sister. But you know, we, in retrospect, the whole series, obviously, they lasted a season and a few episodes. So you're right. That's. Uh, I mean, Nikki and Paula are kind of a slap in the face to uh, Boone and Shannon because they bring back these two characters. Let's bring back two attractive, about the same age, and they have this weird relationship where are they together or are they what? what are, I don't know. I can't even remember. But yeah. it's basically replacements for Boone and Shannon, except they kind of suck. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna say Nick, Nikki and Paolo, There is never an episode devoted to where Nikki's inhalers were. So from, the, from that, I don't think they can hold a candle to Shannon. Yeah, that was a so, key episode. So speaking of Shannon, I think all of our episode moments here kind of roll around a lot together um, in the same mud pit. Uh, Shannon's life, though, has always seemed like she was been a bit of an outcast. She's hated by her stepmother, um, her stepmother says that he changed his will, which I really don't think that's what happened. I really believe she, we know the stepmama took all that money. Um, she, she, she's just, she's abused. So when we see the previous Shannon episode, Shannon and Boone centric episode where she's with this guy, she tricks Boone. You see where that rift started. You know, in this episode, because she lost her dad, her nobody, nobody you think thinks that she, she she can make it on her own, and now, and now she's turned to that kind of a life. So she's almost seemed like an outcast her entire life after her, at least after her dad passes. Well, well, this is it's definitely a a rough backstory. Yeah, it's, um, Shannon's stepmom. I think she well, she's no um. Susan Lloyd, she's not that bad, but she's she's pretty bad. Like this, this is this stepmom <laughs> is horrible. Um, but I I will say like where Shannon ends up as far as kind of conning Boone out of money, I don't know that Boone's actions really deserve that. Like Boone is trying to help her this whole episode. Like, and yes, he does give in to his mom and takes the job with her. So I think that, you know, that's the disappointment there, but like he was still trying to help right. Shannon. So I don't like, I feel like in the future, if Shannon would have asked him for money, he would have given it to her rather than having to, to trick him or con him out of it. Um, yeah. But, the, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, when you bring up that other flashback, it does remind me. It's it's almost like some of this flashback is a little bit of revisionist history to make Shannon look a little different. But I mean, I guess I guess it is somewhat enlightening. I I get why she would be that mad at at Boone because you think that Boone could take a harder stand to say like, hey, this was her dad that died. He she deserves uh, a good chunk of that money. It's it's wrong to not let her have her inheritance. Or at least give her, you know, if you want to moderate the inheritance to come out in certain chunks or whatever. But, you know, it's like uh, Shannon or uh, Boone's mom, she has an expectation of what and who Shannon is. And she's not going to let Shannon prove herself to get out of that. She's going to she would rather see her uh, stay there by not helping her where I mean, let Shannon do this uh, internship. It could definitely you know, um, elevate her to, to, to really being able to take care of herself. Right. Um, what else do you guys have on this episode? Anything else on the backstory or do you want to kind of move on to the Island stuff? One question I had on the backstory is the first little scene where she, you know, we get to see her be the ballet instructor. It's kind of a nice scene. So we get to see, previous Shannon but the little the little side story where the the one parent was flirting with the the other teacher and asked it to be her, her au pair or whatever <laughs> what what was the point of that little part of the story like I understand this was the when she found out her father was in the wreck but it just seemed like there should have been more to that like what was the point of adding that little part of the story in if it 
didn't ever play out in any way? That's a good question. Uh, I, I think maybe it's just to to show this kind of rich, uh, ritzy life, the world that they live in, um, and just the high class of it. I, I don't know. I guess it is interesting. And then they they really try to make sure we catch that her dad's name is Adam. Adam. <laughs> it's, it's it's a little uh, over over the top because they want people to be able to put together that this is the same guy that got in a that died from episode one when Jack uh, chooses to save Sarah. Um, I, I so I didn't even notice that Jack was walking down the hallway in this episode though. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I saw him. Yeah, he kind of put he, he kind of put his arm um on the other doctor and kind of went past him real quick. Um, huh, I was must have been looking away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I but they definitely bring up Saint Sebastian, Saint Seba- Sebastian several times, uh, right? Or, or, or that's the name of it, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. Um, what do you guys think of of Boone? Like, it, it was interesting. Like, they they bring Boone back, and they obviously do it in a, kind of this like triumphant, like, "Hey, it's Boone. He already died." And I'm sure people would were really happy to see him when this first aired because people really were sad about him being killed off, and to see him come back for a flashback was was probably pretty cool. Well, I think the way they did it, too, was was kind of fun and how the first thing we hear before we even see him is what, what did he say is that, you know, death really sucks or, or something along those lines. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's, that's the first line you hear before seeing him. I think that was kind of a, a nod or a wink to the audience there that, you know, he's dead. But it's also hard not to uh, not to be distracted by the the wig hair situation. <laughs> It was well, rough. What the heck it was wrong here. Uh, apparently, if I recall, he 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 had shorter hair for probably the Vampire Diaries or whatever he was working on at the time, and they had to do a wig. But yeah, that was just terrible. not not a good not a good look for the old Boone. You know, I'll say Lost has gr- great production value in almost everything, the oh, costumes, nice. the set design. There's been some pretty bad wigs. Jack has had some pretty <laughs> bad wigs. Uh, Locks wigs are not that great. Sorry yeah, to the it, wig master that they. Yeah, it, it wasn't. But yeah, it really was good though to see Boone. It it honestly was. You know, he he was still, and he'll always be one of my favorite characters, even though he didn't last long. Um, he just had something about him that I really could have seen them making Boone make it to at least season four or five. Like I really could have seen him making it very far in the series if they would have let, if they would have gone that route, um, but I understand why they didn't. So it's tough. It's tough. Uh, so so something else that's tough. How about Charlie and Claire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you see, we see what's happening here. I, I wonder, as first time viewers, if you could see the path ahead. But as as uh, as we've alluded to many times, Charlie has kind of a, a, a negative uh, trajectory in this season and does some dumb stuff. Yes, the rift is starting between the two. So like, you know, a couple of my stuff kind of rolls into one another. So like Charlie, I feel like is overstepping his bounds with Claire and Aaron, like telling Claire how to raise the baby. It's Claire's baby. And I love how Locke brings up the issue so subtly to Charlie. Hey, I didn't want to overstep step my bounds, you know. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. You know, China. <laughs> so it's it's just I do I feel like Charlie is yeah he's not in a good. If you go back now and watch it to see these little seeds that they began to plant, you know, before you get to like the big tear off, um, man. Of course, then Locke finds out that he's got the Virgin Mary statue with full of heroin now. Dumb, <laughs> which, dumb, is, dumb. which is actually, actually revealed in the most hilarious way. I love that Claire is just concerned about Charlie and she's like, hey, he's very religious, too. He has this <laughs> Virgin Mary statue. <laughs> and Locke goes, oh, OK. <laughs> oh, it's great. Well, I was going to say about about charlie or about well when claire takes the baby 
who's it, someone's screaming, right? Yeah, it's it's when uh, Shannon is screaming or whatever, and she's freaking out. And Claire's reaction is pick up Aaron. Someone's scream. I actually think that's not a bad reaction. She's thinking like the others are attacking, uh, people are being killed. Let me get the baby and, and like get out of here. And Charlie well, just like berates it, her for it. Well, it, it, the, the issue is not picking up the baby. The issue is picking up the baby and running toward the scream. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. It, good point. It's it's definitely played for laughs. Like it's it's a funny scene, just the way it's like you picked up the baby and ran towards the screen. Like it's played for laughs, and you know it's a little bit darker knowing what what we found out. You know what happens in the future, but yeah, at the moment, like that was that was a pretty funny little little scene between him and him and Claire. Um, <laughs> yeah, I but. think what's I, was saying, I think what's happening with Charlie is you can see he is lost. You know, he he's off the drugs and he's stranded on an island. He's like lost any control, any purpose, and so like taking care of helping take care of this baby is really the only thing he's got right now. And so he's become overly obsessed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Charlie. He seems like a person who is just an obsessive personality. We all know these type of people that whatever they're into, they're all, you know, like they can't be, you know, one foot in one foot out. So it's too much. He, he's really doing a good job being a, you know, being a helpful, you know, surrogate parent to help Claire out. Like he's doing a lot of things. He's, he's watching Aaron. So Claire can take a walk. He's doing the right things, but he's just maybe, not get it, you know, he's doing it on his own without necessarily the blessing of Aaron's mom to do these things. You know, yeah. he's like he he's definitely overstepping, but like his his intentions seem pure um in what he's trying he's trying to be helpful and help raise this kid, but he just he just kind of skipped a step of, you know, getting Claire on board with that. Yeah, I yeah. think I think if you were to reframe it a little bit, it would be better. He he kind of has it framed like he told Locke, well, Claire doesn't know what she's doing. She was going to give up the baby. So she did no research on how to become a mother. That's basically his his spiel. So he's like, so I have to help her, uh, which, you know, he is he does have good intentions. But if he were to just kind of like reframe it as, you know, I, I want to help you in whatever way you want with your child, um, then she may come to him for more advice, you know, asking but he doesn't really see it that way. No, yet. he he comes to her as a parental figure for the child, and and she hasn't said anything yet to him. Um, I think because just to be honest, I think she enjoys the help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how can she get mad? You know, right. And then you have Locke. I put it under Locke is the baby whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this comes back to one thing that continues to. I see throughout this whole series of Locke just knows about everything, but it's like, how does Locke know about everything? He gives a great little explanation of swaddling and it's really informative and interesting, but it's like, where did he learn this? He's not a parent. He didn't have parents taking care of him. Like how does Locke know all this? You're you're setting, you're setting Mike up right now. Because, because he's been on the Island for thousands of years as the smoke (laughs) monster. And when the smoke monster inhabited him (laughs) back in season one, (laughs) did did the mother used to swaddle uh, the the man in black when he was a baby thousands of years ago? He's, he's using like ancient Roman uh, swaddling (laughs) techniques. (laughs) It's just how it is. It's it's funny that like Steven's talking, like Corey can like see my face and know where I'm, what I'm already thinking, and he just put his hand over his face, like oh crap. He's <laughs> oh. gonna give uh, baby Aaron a giant uh, black knife next. Yes, or a Dagger. white knife, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so anything else about the Claire and Charlie storyline? Oh, I, I, well, I think Locke does a good job. He helps, you know, with the swaddling. And then it's it's funny at the end. It's like right as uh, Claire hands Locke uh, Aaron, uh, you know, Charlie comes up. I was going to take her, take him for a walk. And he's like, OK, you're, he's held, held Aaron for like two seconds. And Locke is so willing to 
okay, here you go. Perfect, perfect timing is what he says, which is, you know, this is Locke really trying to be problem free. So it's interesting seeing the setup for where Charlie's going to go, but also seeing like this whole season Locke uh, for a good portion of it is so sane and such a good leader and so on top of it. And I'm just starting to think about Henry Gale and how, how it all goes bad so fast. <laughs> yeah. Henry Gale really gets under his skin. This is going to be good when we get to that. Those episodes just gets in Locke's head, like no one else can. Uh, so anyways, if unless anybody has anything else, I was going to bring up uh, the tailies. I don't know. Go for it. So my first question. So Michael comes back. Um, I don't know. Was I confused by the end of the last episode? Uh, I mean, I guess I, I should have known, but it almost like at the end of of the Jin episode, didn't it seem like Michael was gonna keep going for Walt? Yeah, I got really confused about that too when I when I saw it again. Because Michael, I mean, it is conf- season two. Michael goes off. He comes back. He goes off. It's it's hard to keep track of when he's really gone or back. But I I know at some point he's in the hatch for a significant period of time because he's on the computer um, and somehow talks to Walt. But anyways, I guess it's just assumed that Michael was going to go off. and But whatever Jin and uh, Echo said to him really did end up getting through to Michael, which I think is the right call. You know, go back, figure out a little more of what's going on, and then, you know, go out with better supplies, better plan. Right. I, I agree. I agree. I think I think that it was very unusual, but I'm okay with it. I think he needed to be with. I think because he needed to be with Sawyer, like they could just have Jen hanging around with Sawyer. They needed Michael needed to be there to help take care of Sawyer until they get him back to the. Um, um, and the then beach. because because in the next and two episodes from now, when you finally see you know when you see Saeed at the end of this episode like standing up because Shannon gets shot in the stomach. Like you see this anger on Saeed's face. Yeah. And Sawyer can't do anything because Sawyer's out cold because of the infection. Jen speaks zero English, really. So you have to have somebody there who is the mediator between these two groups just to get Sawyer to Jack. That's true. Yeah, I I love having Michael back. I, I like seeing him in these episodes where I mean, I, I like I understand that he wants to go find Walt, but I like when they we get away from that for a little while and he's able to interact, you know, regarding other things. Yeah. I I also like that we still keep the back and forth of are they or are not are they not friends? You know, Sawyer says, you know, Michael only cares about himself and his kid and neither one of those things have anything to do with me as Michael walks <laughs> up. Just great timing by by Sawyer, but <laughs> you know, we still keep seeing this back and forth that you know they're really friends, but they both, you know, they're they're they both still kind of deny it. Um, and then when Libby is asking Sawyer how he got shot, you know, Michael kind of jumps in, and you can tell that Michael's finally admitted, yeah, he he got shot trying to help save Walt. So, you know, he was struggling with that when he was floating out in the in the ocean, but it seems like he's accepted you know, that Sawyer was really trying to help. Yeah, I actually, I actually really like, there's a lot of really good bonding and coming together during this episode for the whole Taylor, you know, unit here where Michael, you know, I like the story with Michael and, and Sawyer. And then, you know, Echo steps up, you know, kind of on behalf of, of um, Michael and Jin, but to, to help, help Sawyer too. And, you know, Libby's really, everybody's starting to get together more except for Anna Lucia, who's really starting <laughs> to isolate herself and really loses her grasp on things, which, you know, if you're the so-called leader and you've lost what they said, nine, then three, then a couple, you know, obviously like 15 plus people. Uh, yeah. You're, it's going to get to you. And, she i mean from the very first scene she's lost and she's like well let's just wait here longer uh until basically till echo and michael and jen show back up because she doesn't know where to go and you know you can totally see that she's losing her grip on uh you know 
her surroundings and everything. Well, yeah, Ana Lucia is is definitely struggling here, and I I think maybe that's some why I think so fondly of Mister Echo. Like he 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 does he always does the the right thing, you know. Ana Lucia, she's you know she's the leader, but Mister Echo knows. You know, when Jen's going off to help Michael a couple episodes ago, he knows, hey, I need to go help this guy. And he goes and does it. Doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He's going to do what he thinks is right. Um, Same thing with, you know, this episode. He can tell that, you know, hey, if we walk all the way around this beach, this guy's probably not going to make it. So we need to cut inland. And he knows Anna Lucia isn't going to agree, but but he's going to do what, what he thinks is right. So I think that's some of the the things that I think make Echo so compelling um, in contrast to Anna Lucia. Cause yeah, obviously she is literally and uh, metaphorically lost at, at this time. And you know what else? She's also losing things too. You know, she's losing her mind. She's losing Cindy. I mean, she's losing everything. <laughs> it's still every time I watch, it's like, where? How did they get Cindy? I and never right understand that it. either. That always irritates me. And I'm like, wait a minute, she's right there. Honestly, I wish, I wish they would have like given Cindy some more scenes. I feel like it's a little unfair. I, I mean, because and then they bring her back, you know, seasons later. I think they should have given her a little more. Uh, conversation a few more conversations with people because then because i mean i know so much about lost and i have been on lostpedia for hours but i don't you watch these first five episodes what it was she has like five lines maybe uh it's a little more impactful if you actually see her talk to people when she you know for when she disappears i'm like oh she disappeared where she was was she ever there <laughs> right <laughs> and, and and i mean I, i'm with steven like I always, when I watch that scene and I know Cindy goes missing, I'm trying to think, where did the, I keep trying to like look in the background to see, do I see something moving? Like, did I, did they, where were the others hiding? Were they waiting for them? How did they not hear them walk across the water and grab Cindy? How did they keep her quiet? I just, so many variables. I'm like, man, but it almost, it helps build the mystery of the others. Like so well, like who are these people? You know, they can run in, grab somebody, and nobody even know. Yeah, I, I actually, I love this scene, um, even without the Cindy being stolen part, because uh, you don't even see that. But I I always vividly remember this uh, jungles, and I love the, like, jungle trekking music uh, or themes that they have. And this has always stu- uh, stood out to me as one of the cool, one of those just random, random cool scenes where they're trying to carry the stretcher up the giant cliff. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just awesome. It's just, it's very interesting and it's just a rare thing. You have this made this, this uh, stretcher made out of jungle materials. And now there's this cliff we have to go up it and we're going to hand the stretcher up and then throw the bags up. Uh, it's just visually really, really cool. And yeah. one of those things you remember. And then of course uh, the consequence is Cindy goes bye-bye, you know, it's, and, you know, the, it's weird. It it definitely makes you think too. The next time we see Cindy, she is she's full blown other. She's taking care of the kids. Like, were they coming to get Cindy, or did they get Cindy because she was the last one? Like, were they, were they trying to get her, or was were they just trying to get whoever they could get? So well, yeah, we we never find out the answer to that, but it, it definitely makes you wonder about. The, the other's plan there. Well, my, my theory is that they um, had the kids already and they've been watching over the kids and the kids must be kind of freaking out. And they're like, oh, mom, dad. Well, we can't get your mom and dad um, in there. Maybe they're interrogating them and she or the kids talk about Cindy as the one who watched over them and took care of them. And they're like, OK, we're going to go steal Cindy so she can take care of the kids. I, li- well, you, I like that. That's a, well, you that's know, a, I hadn't thought of that. To kind of throw that in there, from my five minutes I watched of the next episode before, <laughs> I'm when they're coming out of the water, Echo leaves the kids with Cindy to go do some work, and that's when I realize, oh, crap, I'm on the wrong episode. <laughs> we have that. The, the, of course, we have the teddy bear in the next episode we're going to see that we saw 
dragging with the others earlier. So it makes this scene even that much better knowing, oh, Echo knew that teddy bear. He's seen that before, but we'll get back to that. So he asked Sydney to watch him. So that first night they came and took people, those kids, I believe, were still with Cindy. So obviously they knew, well, let's go get this girl whenever we can. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that that makes sense. I hadn't hadn't thought of that. So see, that's what happens when you watch five minutes of another episode. <laughs> it's interesting because I watched this episode and then I let let it keep playing. I watched like the first fifteen minutes of that episode before I turned it off. Well, it's a good good episode. So yeah. Every time it rains, guys, someone gets killed. I'm just saying. Every time there's a yeah. storm on the island, somebody <laughs> gets killed. Yeah. Close to it, or or your Charlie gets hung from a tree. Yep. Yeah, the pilot well, died when it was raining. Because his heart had stopped, they just started it again. Okay, so it technically counts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, well, before we talk about the final scene, I wanted to bring up, I, I really like the scene on the cliffs, which it's always cool when they go to these, these weird-looking cliffs, uh, seemingly the same ones that Desmond runs to later, but the the moment when Echo approaches Anna Lucia and they negotiate cutting inland, you know, before Cindy's stolen and, and everything. I just, I think it's an interesting uh, conversation. I think it's also, it's one of those that's really interesting when you watch the next episode and then go back and you watch this discussion because there's so much in their language that alludes to everybody that's been uh, lost yeah. or taken and, you know, what they're risking to cut through the jungle yeah, they could just take the easy way going around it. And then I love when Anna Lucia says, uh, you know, I I, li- I think I liked you better when you didn't talk. Uh, <laughs> which, which, yeah, you know, for 40 days, Echo doesn't talk and he doesn't really input his opinion to the decision making. And now that he is talking and obviously, you know, he's taken away some some clarity from this vow of silence, he he's not a problem, but he he makes things a little bit harder for Anna Lucia making uh, decisions at least yeah well I, I think another kind of important thing to point out is that we did find out a little bit of what happened to them you know we've you know Anna Lucia has not wanted and Michael's asked a few times you know what what's happened to you people and, and he finally got an answer this this episode so I think that's one of the things that kind of makes this an interesting episode is we do find out a little bit more of the Taylor story that obviously, as Mike knows, we're going to find more out next episode. But I thought her answer there was, you know, that's a pretty big moment in the in the the episode is her explanation of what happened to them. Yeah, actually, yeah. it's a good point. I forgot about that. And that's it was all because of Michael. I felt I love when Michael pushes back like that. And he, he's like, hey, we'll we'll go and do what you want to get to the beach, but we're not going to like be quiet or whisper without an explanation, which is the right thing to say. Eventually they need to tell them something. I mean, just so that they know what they're up against too. Right. And so it's good. Well, I think this, this going on with what you're saying, I think this episode does give some good information. Maybe, maybe there's still more questions than answers, but there are some answers in this. So I felt like, as a viewer, when you're watching this for the first time, you would be really into, you know, the way they're pushing the story along um, during this episode. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, I, I love seeing I think we touched on a little bit earlier, but like seeing Echo start to really bond with all the survivors. You can tell the type of compassionate person that he is, like how he's basically he's bonded to to Sawyer, Jin and Michael already uh, in a short period of time. And he's going to be a big part of the inter uh group dynamics moving forward you know uh, that yeah. uh, the politics of of getting these people <laughs> to get along uh well actually the other thing i want to talk about is kind of the elephant in the room here uh walt appearing to shannon and saeed i mean mainly shannon but both of them what do, what do you guys i mean what is what is actually what is happening here Locke is there in the form of the smoke monster taking the form of Walt. We, we, we know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, reasonable theory, except the Locke part, but the other part is... Uh... No, I, I, I think that's a great question, um, and I don't know that that 
I've ever been able to come up with a good answer here because when I, I, I it's kind of weird. I started this show on the Mr. Echo episode 23rd Psalms. And then I watched the rest of season two, but I hadn't seen these episodes. So I watched the first set of episodes for the first time after I had already finished season two. So I knew okay. that this, I knew w- what happened to Walt, but it got, when I'm rewatching this, I'm thinking, yeah, if I was watching this for the first time, what would I think? Is Walt actually, is this actually Walt? Cause it, all we know is that he got taken off that raft and we don't know what's happened to Walt at yeah. this point. So it is interesting. And I mean, I don't know that we ever, the show ever really gave us a definitive answer of, of what's going on here. Um, the smoke, you know, smoke monster is certainly one option. Um, the island is another. Yeah. Walt's just Walt's powers that never really fully got explained is another. Obviously, he's going to show up later on to taller ghost. Walt is going to appear to to lock <laughs> in a in a future season. So, I mean, Walt shows up places where he's not several times through this show. And we never really, I'm going to say, to me, we never got all the answers about Walt that I would have liked to have have gotten. Uh Mike, is this possibly a force projection? It could be. I I thought that would be your specialty, maybe. It's lock force projecting (laughs) uh, Walt. Is this is this uh, Luke Skywalker? <laughs> yes. Uh, but then you then he could physically it would he would appear, but it still wouldn't be a dream. So it could be the best of both worlds. So um, I do think it was the island this time, though. Really, I do think it was the island looking out for Shannon. That's why Walt was saying shh, shh, because you know when Shannon starts screaming and she runs into the woods, you know that's it. You know, that's right. so Walt. That Walt was trying to say, Shh, you know, sh- shut up, Shannon. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> hold on. No. but he al- he also leads her to getting shot. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, well, it's well out for maybe, her. maybe he was trying to get away so she would stop chasing him <laughs> so that she wouldn't get shot. Well, I mean, and then Saeed and then really Saeed doesn't do dumb much. Fault for not. And, you know, yeah. Saeed's dumb fault for tripping on a branch. Well, but... Saeed just sits there for, like, 15 seconds and watches her run away, <laughs> right. and then he goes after her. Uh, well, I, yeah. also, I, I think it's kind of a big deal, also, that that Saeed saw him, too. You know, this we, we this wasn't just in Shannon's head, because the Saeed finally sees Walt. You know, Shannon has seen him several times, but another character finally sees him, too. Yeah, it's not a vision. feels significant. And I, you know, I feel bad for the whole Saeed uh, Shannon falling out because it sounds crazy. If you were Saeed, you would think that it is. It must be a nightmare. It sounds crazy, but at the same time, you know, Saeed has already heard the whispers. He has heard some other stories about mysterious stuff on this island. I feel like he should give her the benefit of the doubt and not say you're right. crazy. And well, he didn't he didn't know until she revealed that there was a bottle and that was almost like the final piece in the puzzle to him. Like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe she is telling the truth because the bottle washed up on shore. Yeah. And I also say I really love the whole sequence of um, of Shannon using Vincent to go search for like that's a cool like getting the shirt and going out and like we don't get. I mean, I think it's one of the only times where you get a dog used to like search for somebody. They actually use Vincent as a search dog, hunting dog, and it's it's pretty fun. And then pretty Shan- sure he's yeah, not a dies. pretty sure he's not a bloodhound though. Like I don't know that he has <laughs> that ability. Uh, maybe not, but it's still cool. It was a, it was a, it was an e for effort. You know. Yeah. Well, he uh, he leads her to Boone's grave, which is a really good. Uh, you know, sad kind of final scene of of her mourning Boone, and then you know Saeed comes, and and uh, you know Saeed's read is not good in this situation. He's supposed to just listen, and he starts to insert what he thinks her problems are, and it doesn't work out well. No. Uh, also, I think that this episode is another 
important episode in the overall story of Lost, which Lost, as we know, is really the story of Vincent. You know, it's, it starts <laughs> off with Vincent. It ends with Vincent. And Vincent's story is a tragedy. You know, he, he never sees Walt again. Um, and he gets passed off to Shannon. He's forming a bond with Shannon. And she gets shot. Now, granted, he has some good years in the future with uh, Rose and Bernard. But ultimately, this is really a story about the tragedy of, of the life of Vincent. Um, and this is a sad <laughs> moment for him. Yes. Uh, I did not know where you're going with that, but I was uh, I was not let down. <laughs> the life and times of oh. Vincent. <laughs> hey, who Anything knows? Maybe does. he does reunite with Walt. We didn't see the full extent of the future. I really did like the whole storyline of Walt giving Vincent to Shannon. And I do think it's sad that this is, you know, that she was actually taking it seriously and she was really trying to take care of Vincent. And I think it's a shame that 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 part of the story ended that way. You know, it is a shame that Vincent led her to her death. (laughs) Did, did, Did you guys see the epilogue? Yes, the epilogue of the whole series. Okay, so when yeah. Early goes back and gets Walt and takes him to the island, we all we know is Vincent is still on the island. Uh, so that could be the that, that that's a reunion. Vincent. I I hope happened. I hope that re, I hope Walt finally got reunited with Vincent. It's well, point. maybe Vincent set the course of you know of all these actions. So that he could get the smoke monster off the island, so he could become the next smoke monster. <laughs> so lost to Vincent is the villain now. <laughs> Villains. <laughs> Mike is just speechless. <laughs> I just don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> um, so okay, well, uh, I mean, let's just talk about the the last scene. Then we haven't talked about it completely. I mean, Shannon runs out like they, we don't even see exactly what happens because because uh, they focus on Saeed and he trips and he's trying to get up. And then you hear the gunshot and you go over there and uh, yeah, she's dead. It's it's really sad. It's brutal. And obviously the the realization of Jen and Michael and, you know, Sawyer, not so much since he's out of it, but when. Jen and Michael realize what happened. You know, that that's heartbreaking. This is one of, you know, their people, their friends that just got shot. And they, they, they realize the predicament that is now in front of them. And they're, you know, they're sad that their friend just got shot too. So it's, there's a lot going on in that scene. Um, And we're going to kind of stick with this scene for a while. This is kind of like the first three episodes of the season all kind of arranged around going down in the hatch. We're going to, we're not going to have any forward momentum for a while here. We, you know, we've got this episode, we're going to do an episode of all flashbacks ending in this episode, ending in this moment. And then we're going to go forward for this one. So I feel like the next, this episode and the next two are kind of a block in the same way that the first three episodes of the season were. Definitely. And it's, it's interesting when I first, uh, I remember vividly watching this, this little block here and now uh, the other 48 days is considered like a top 10 episode of Lost. People love that. And I do, too. But at the time, I was I was so annoyed by that episode because I was like, dang it. I want to see what happened to Shannon and Saeed and the, <laughs> you know, the battle. There. <laughs> yeah, I wanted I wanted the next the next moment there. But it, yeah, I had my hopes up. But no, then it's it's great. It's a good block of episodes. Yeah, but it's it's so sad that Shannon dies. You know, it's it's unfortunate. It is. Anything else in this episode before we move on toward the end? That's that's all I have. I mean, I think we're gonna say a few words, are we not? In the next section. Yeah, we should. Uh, so our in memoriam section. <laughs> take a moment of silence to remember um, the late great Shannon. Rutherford, I got. I don't know. I don't know if should she be in the should she be in in memoriam this episode or two episodes from now? Because is she dead at this point? She's pretty darn close. (laughs) Well, I mean, she did put her head back and close her eyes, so I just assume she's dead. We think okay, so 
I think we should do in memoriam for her in this episode, the next one, and the, the <laughs> one because it is a block, and so we see a little bit of this scene in three episodes. Oh yeah. Um, no, I get. I just want my only pet peeve here is this is a good episode, and they come up with like a story, and they and they decide you know, let's focus all this energy on on Shannon, and then they kill her at the end. I really am not a fan of when TV shows do this. Like, let's give a big send off to this character. It's like uh, it's it's the big goodbye. If, I don't know if you've ever heard of this term, which they talk about in some shows. Uh, curb. It's when you you avoid somebody all night, and then when you're gonna leave, like a party or whatever, you give a very enthusiastic, "Oh, I'm so sorry, we didn't get to talk. You're so great." Let's meet up yep. next time. And you're really enthusiastic when you say goodbye. And you're like, I'm getting the heck out of here. Goodbye. That's what That's this exactly is. exactly what this felt like. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's you know, it, it kind of disrespectful to her. And then all of a sudden, let's give her a big episode and she's dead. You know? I, I feel like we get a few of those in Lost. I feel like that this isn't the only time Faraday, that's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's just a, a TV shows tend to do this. I know what happens in Walking Dead. They think like this is a great homage to the character. Uh, yeah, but but sometimes but you, you haven't seen from Dead them. Who's who? Like you could tell in Walking Dead who's gonna die that night. Like like you know who's dying. Yeah, if if you see a a, a character walk around and pick some flowers, <laughs> they're screwed. <laughs> they're screwed. <laughs> but, Sorry, Carl. <laughs> I think it. Oh. <laughs> I, I think they probably did a better job season one with Boone, though. Cause, I mean, that was a Jack episode and where we lost Boone, you know. Was it a lock or was it a – I thought it was a Jack yeah, was episode lock. where we lost. Oh, Either no, way, right. it, wasn't no, a Boone, it wasn't a Boone episode. Sorry, <laughs> no, you're lost. right. It was Locke and then it was Jack when he actually dies. Yeah. Locke is when he's an accident. Whoever it was, That's it wasn't funny. Boone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, anyways, right. Shannon, you will be missed. Sorry that uh, Bye, you're not gonna come back for another five seasons, four and a half, whatever. <laughs> and when you do come back, most of the fan base is not happy about it. So, yeah, that's great. All right, so here we go. Fifteen to sixteen seconds on a. Overall thoughts of the episode. What you got there, uh, uh, Steven? I thought this was a good episode. Um, I enjoyed the finding out a little bit more about what happened to the Tailies. Um, I that certainly the ending was impactful. Um, pretty solid backstory on on Shannon. Shed some more light into you know her life. But all around, thought it was a solid episode. Sweet, sweet. Corey, what about you, man? Yeah, I thought this was a good episode. I think like, overall it does a really good job of moving the whole s- plot of the season along, especially with the tailies and and stuff at, at camp, um, even including Walt. I think um, this, even though, it, like we said, it's a send-off episode for Shannon, it doesn't drop the whole story of the season to focus only on Shannon. It, it's a good overall uh season two, you know, episode for, for all that. You know, I think Shannon's backstory is okay. I'm not crazy about those, those flashbacks, but they're, they're pretty good. And I think, you know, it, it does give us, uh, you know, some good moments with her before she's gone, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Mike, what do you think? Right. I, I liked it. I think it was a good, I almost think it, it was a necessary episode for kind of a setup, um, for what we're going to get here. Um, in the next two episodes. Uh, it was good. I think it pushed the story along. I think it was necessary because it brought the tailies and the front section together. And uh, I think that that's, uh, that was necessary. So I thought it was a good episode. It was very good. So now let's rate this episode. One out of 23 bad boon wigs. Thank you, uh, Stephen, for that uh, reference right there. So bad <laughs> boon wigs. Uh, I myself give this one 21 out of 23. Um, simply because of the fact that you know it's a good episode. It had its moments, right? You know that I, that I didn't like, but it was all in all, it was a necessary episode, and it really kind of um, it, again, it moved the story along very well. So, what about you, Corey? 
Yeah, I, I think this boon wig really reminds me of the uh, remember the broomsticks in Fantasia. <laughs> and now that's what i will yeah. see every time i watch this uh, so anyways yes uh uh i'm gonna go the same as you mike i really i thought this was a really good episode so even though i griped about a few things overall i think uh yeah great episode 21 out of 23 uh sweet bad boon wigs <laughs> uh what about you uh steven what you got well, um, I gave this one a 19 out of 23 bad boon wigs. And oh. I got to admit, I kind of thought I might be the highest on this. Uh, so I was actually surprised you guys rated it this high. Um, I, yeah, really good episode. I, I enjoyed it. Um, no big complaints. I, I mean, it didn't stand out to me as much as some other episodes this season do. But it was, it was a good episode, 19 out of 23. All right. You never know what you're going to get. Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes, Stephen, you're the, the high man, uh, you know, on an island. And then, uh, you know, then Mike and I come above and, uh, yeah, we it's, it's good. The three-person right. rating, you get a good, <laughs> good variety. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on to our ending discussion here. We've got Sawyer's Name Dictionary. And uh, first up, we have a repeat uh uh, Sawyer calls Jin Chewy, and then we also have for Anna Lucia, he calls her Ponce de Leon. Um, we have some Ponce yeah, de Leon. Ponce de Leon. Uh, we have some pop culture connections as well. Uh, for Star Wars, uh, in response to Jin's Korean, Sawyer once again refers to him as Chewy, um, seemingly because a, uh, you know the character um, from the film franchise speaks a foreign language uh unintelligible by most of the other characters you know i think partially because he'll speak in korean and they res- respond back in english uh and you know jin understands more english than we you know are led to believe you know we, he's, he seems to understand it okay amount for at least he can read the room what's going on um, right yeah and then Ponce de Leon, uh, Sawyer calls Ana Lucia Ponce de Leon, referring to the famous Spanish explorer. Um, you know, she's traipsing through the jungle. Uh, and then we have, I think it's pronounced Thais. Uh, it's the the music heard during Shannon's ballet class is Meditation, the song uh, Meditation from the Jules Massenet uh, opera Thais. So, hmm. not one I recognize, um, though I like to think of myself as a ballet expert. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. Well, I mean, she's strong. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's very difficult to hear. And then yes. we have Stay, uh, parentheses, Wasting Time, uh, the song by Dave Matthews Band, is heard in Shannon's apartment when Nora visits. I will oh. say I, I love this song and and I thought that song gave it a did a very good job of putting you in a time frame. Like <laughs> yeah. when you hear Prime yep. Dave Matthews, it takes you back to a certain time. You know when this story is happening. And I think that's yep. a, a good song to do that. It was very effective. It was worth whatever they paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole and, season's uh, budget. That's why they didn't have any yeah. money for the big wig. <laughs> Dave Matthews they band all the so cheap. on the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to the wig master. Sorry, we have like no money for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I feel bad for that wig person. Uh, and then lastly, the Martha Graham dance company. Uh, Shannon tells Boone she's planning to move to New York. If she gets the internship at the, this uh, oldest continually performing dance company, um, oldest performing dance company in the world apparently so wow i don't know much about that but it sounds like it would have been a great internship and she she doesn't get it is that right i can't i can't no, remember she does she, actually, she, she does. gets I mean, you know she, she gets, gets it but i don't i wasn't sure if she actually goes i know boone gives her but money she gets it's no money so she she but she can't get the money to do it so she doesn't go never give me okay anyways that's it for the pop culture connections <laughs> All right. Next, next up, next week we're going to be doing the uh, 
the episode The Other 48 Days. For some of us, that'll just be a continuation of what we've already started watching. So, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Like always, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at RetroZapped, at Lost Rewatch Pod. Uh, I'm at the DC Fanboy. Steven, where are, they, where are you at on Twitter? I am at Lucky13Steve on Twitter. All right, and Corey, where are you at there? I am at Original Mav on Twitter. All right, and you can join us in the RetroZap Discord. You can go to as well for more uh, anything kind of articles or anything that kind of meets your fancy. So, guys, that has been episode, uh, previous on Lost, episode number 30. We've talked about Abandoned, and we look forward to talking about the other 48 days next time on our episode. So to all those who have returned, welcome. Thank you for listening, and for all those who this is your first time, Lord, we hope you'll be back uh, <laughs> if you can get through this mess. So uh, peace out, everybody. Goodbye.